episode 52, Adam Bornstein. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Worlds they live by. For example, put the cookie down. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin yang, the alpha round, and their wake up question to finish. To mark our 50th episode week, we are giving away copy of the number my number one best-selling book the noodles of success to everyone who gets on the facebook awaken your alpha page likes it give us a simple private message share tell your friends and i hope to speak to some of you this weekend about the alpha way intensive men get to the podcast right guys i'm excited for today's episode we have adam bornstein here he is the other half of the uh, author of engineering the alpha and um, when we had john romana Romanello on a couple of uh, weeks ago. More importantly, he's been published in almost every important fitness article around the world. He's multiple books to his credit. Um, he's on the Schwarzenegger, I should say, a board of, advisory board for Schwarzenegger. Uh, 60 most follow health and fitness professionals for Twitter. Top 10 online fitness influencers. You can see I've gone to your website. <laughs> so Adam, uh, firstly, are you ready to awaken your alpha? I am. I think I'm always ready to awaken my alpha, but uh, thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here. No worries. It's good to have you here. So firstly, we'd like to start off with a bit of an alpha quote or a quote that, you know, resonates with you that you like to live your life by. I wonder if you had any that spring to mind or I'm sure you have many, but have you got one you want to just go with? Uh, a quote that I like to go by, uh, man, where, where would I start? I, I think... <laughs> is uh, one of them, which is a, a riff off of Michael Jordan, who's one of my favorite athletes oh, of all time, yeah. is uh, you know, fear you know, and limitations are often just illusions. And uh, it's not exactly, his was more about, you know, the, the limitations are the illusion, but I think I throw fear in there is just an illusion because most of us uh, live in fear of these obstacles or of making the right decision to the point that, you know, we stress so much about doing the right thing rather than just doing something. And the process of perfecting something or doing something right is oftentimes just that it's a process. So the only way we're able to move forward is if we kind of move fear to the side or move these limitations or barriers, obstacles that we think, you know, exist and just do and see what we're capable of achieving. And uh, that's, that's when things happen. That's when life occurs. Definitely. I love it. And uh, I'm almost disappointed in myself. I've never, I'm a big uh, Michael Jordan fan as well. And I've never, it's, I've never heard that quote. So uh, I'm loving that. He gave it during his uh, Hall of Fame speech, the one that most people absolutely hated, but I found fascinating because it, people thought that he was very spiteful. He was still very angry. And to me, it was insight into what made him so successful. Yeah, my old what made him so successful beyond the amazing athleticism is that he's probably the greatest competitor of all time. He was ruthless. Yeah, he was ruthless to the point that even though he was the best in the world, he found reasons to believe while people might be slighting him or think that he wasn't the best. And here he was being inducted to the Hall of Fame, and he still had that chip on his shoulder. So people were like, "Man, calm down." Me, it was like, you know what? This is exactly what made him so great. He would yeah. get in the heads of his competitors. He would will his teammates to become better. And I'm like, that that's his X factor. Yeah. And uh, he, was, he was awesome. I, I just loved his, like, even, like, there's so many levels to his game, like his trash talking, 
when you see like the like the inside of stuff of that and uh, like you say that kind of mentality I think that's probably one of the reasons one of the main reasons why he got defensive player of the year for a few years is because kind of people were so focused on his score and he was like he was like angry that they didn't appreciate his defending so he went and just like just to prove him wrong went and got like defensive player of the year for like four times. always improving it was uh it's not great to learn by even when you're great never settle never act like you're there always was changing up something in his game and that was you know it's an awesome thing to watch it's why he was so great i gave a bit of a bio a bit of an intro to you um i, I feel like i covered kind of most of the bases is there anything you you feel like i missed out in your introduction about you that you know is, is worth is worth knowing <laughs> if uh if i talk any more about myself uh than you already did i i think i would take myself off the air so yeah i mean what people need to know is that I create a lot of the content in the health and fitness space. I do it through, you know, print magazines. I do it through online publications. I do it through books. And then a lot of time now I, I spend either consulting with businesses to help them yeah. improve their content or reach a greater audience. And then I, I still do work and, and coach people and work with them on fitness and diet. And there's an important reason for that. And it's that, you know, I, I train people, back in the day. And then as my career shifted, there was less time to train people. But the moment that I stopped either working or learning with people who are training or giving nutrition plans to people on a daily basis, or the moment that I stopped doing it for myself, is really the moment that I stopped becoming relevant. Yeah. Because it's so important to write about problems that people are having. But the problem isn't finding what works. The problem is understanding why these things that work can't take a hold of people. Yeah. And there's so many different reasons for that, which is why I'm constantly going to, whether it's different seminars, whether it's going and doing in-services in different gyms around the U.S. and around the world, just to, to learn from these trainers and really understand the, the problems that people have and then even do it on an individual level where, you know, my online coaching isn't something where I necessarily scale it and work with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. It's something where I work with small groups of people so I can give them lots of personalized time yeah. and use it as really as, as a breeding ground for ideas to understand, answer real life problems. Not necessarily answer the things that you want to know, yeah. but answer the things that other people have. So, so that's why it's really important for me to, to have a pulse on things. Always serve the audience. And uh, that's, uh, that's, that's how I roll. Definitely. I mean, we, you touched on a, a few key subjects we're definitely going to dig more into. I mean, influence is huge. Like you said, why do some people stick to some, some programs or stick to some mentors or coaches and others don't when they both might have equally good information? So influence is huge. The amount of publications you've been in and advising businesses on how to get, how to get published. And we're going to talk about how to basically get published either in articles or books. We're going to talk a bit more about that. So I just wanted to know a little bit more about your Alpha Origins. Like, where are you originally from? I know we just spoke and you, you've gravitated to California as so many seem to. It's a nice place. But where are you originally from and how did you get from Little Adam to Schwarzenegger Advisory Board? Because in my head, that's, that's up there. <laughs> when most people meet me, they still would probably can, uh, yeah, call me Little Adam. I'm not that <laughs> tall. There's the avatar that most people know me for, for the Born Fitness, which is me throwing a tire, which happened. You look huge in that. As in, first time I met you, I was like, you are not a giant. Like, this is... I, well, that's the joy of shooting a picture from low down. <laughs> I'm, I'm five foot eight. I'm not very oh, tall. Dude, um, all the so. best people are five foot eight. When I met yeah. you, yeah. Hi, yeah, no. I think you're the optimum man. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, no, it's, it's amazing camera angles. I, I was born and raised in Chicago, which is why the Michael Jordan... <laughs> did, you watch, um, did you watch Michael Jordan live then? 
Like, oh yeah, I, I got oh, to see man. a lot of Michael Jordan growing up. It was uh, it's something pretty special. I, I won't lie. I was I was very very spoiled. So it it was oh. it was nice. You know, it was a good time. And even I, I'm a I'm a diehard Cubs fan, which means I just enjoy a lot of losing when it comes to baseball. But you know, it's <laughs> all of my my Chicago sports teams and and I love them. So I was born and raised in Chicago. I lived in Colorado for a while, which uh, is my favorite state. I absolutely loved it there. I went to school there. Uh, a lot of people know that I am a, a diehard University of Colorado where I went to school. I absolutely love that school and adore Boulder as a city. Then I lived in Florida for a while. Then I moved up into Pennsylvania, lived in the Pennsylvania, New York region. So that's when I was in during my men's health days. And then okay. gravitated to Los Angeles and Santa Monica when I took over as editorial director for Livestrong.com. And now I uh, work for me, that, that terrible, <laughs> terrible boss. That terrible boss that is me. That, that was kind of the circuitous route where I've been all over the States in terms of working. And, you know, a lot of those moves have kind of coincided with different work opportunities that would take me to different locations. Yeah. Well, blimey, you, well, you mentioned some of the, I, I would consider from, as an outsider from America, like some of the top places in America really were like Colorado, like, what, from what I hear about, it's one of the places I've never been and really want to go. I hear a lot of people talking really nice things about Chicago as well. Um, I go over to Michigan a lot um, every year. I've got family there and that's sort of 10 hours drive and everyone's always going about how nice Chicago is like on the lake and yeah, it's some brilliant place. And obviously I'm aware of California. You've been there. You've been hanging out in some nice places. There are good areas. Chicago is my favorite big city. Uh, that'll you know anger some people in the States, but I think it's... I, you're not the first person I've heard say that. So it, it, it's phenomenal. The weather is terrible, though. <laughs> I mean, it is just the, the the summers are just so hot and humid, and the winters are viciously cold. But the city itself and what you can do and the, the food there, the yeah. pizza, ah, it's all it's phenomenal. Well, it's I'm going to be visiting there very soon because next year I'm moving to Northern Michigan. So the same sort of thing. Summers we're swimming in the lake. Winter we're driving trucks on them. You'll survive. We we all find a way to adapt and survive. Trips to California in the in the winter will survive. <laughs> That's a good idea. Cool. I just tell people how uh, we uh, we met. Um, I was lucky enough to be at a thing in uh, Vegas where Adam was speaking, and he gave a great speech that we're going to touch on very briefly today. Great speech about how to get published in magazines and um, and and get your book published and sort of how that how your influence helps that. Um, and then I found a mutual love of Jaeger bombs. His wife loves Jaeger bombs. Much like me, I was disappointed because no one's face was excited when I suggested or produced a round of Jaeger bombs. But Adam's wife, I found the root to her heart, Jaeger bombs. He loves Jaeger bombs. Absolutely love. We were just at a wedding this past weekend and <laughs> there was not a bar that we passed that she did not ask. Jaeger <laughs> I'm glad nothing's changed. But the thing I, I, I was saying to your wife, the thing about Jaeger bombs, I just they sound good. They just sound good to shout. They sound they taste good. They just go down so well. Give a little bit of energy. I'm sure they're not they're too healthy for you, but you know, everything can moderate. I just think she likes yelling it out. She's like, well, ten Jaeger bombs, ten Jaeger bombs for everyone. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, every time, every time without fail. <laughs> good times. Um, right. So when did it all start to um, crank it up a notch? When did it all start? When was like the moment you it all started to change when you sort of felt like you was finding your place and you moved from there's a lot of trainers out there. And as I say, the sort of some of the positions you've been into are not 
average. I know average is rubbish. <laughs> We're not interested in that. We want phenomenal. So when did it start? When was like your, your awakening type moment? Was it a series of stages? Uh, it sounds like you've moved around a lot. But, or was there a moment when you really thought, right, it's game time. Let's step up. There are, there are a couple of them that I think really stand out in my mind. So it was, you know, if someone's trying to write a book on like the direct path of success, you don't follow my model because it's <laughs> I've all of the map, mainly because I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, or I didn't figure out how to combine my skill set with passions. So uh, for a while, I was working at a university as a researcher. So I, that's where my strong science background comes from. I was a professional researcher. I was the guy who would help design these studies, and then you would sit and collect data for months on end, and then you would analyze the data. And I did that for a few years, and I love the science side of things. I love learning new information. I hated the statistical analysis. I just hate stats. I always viewed both writing and training as hobbies. I never saw them as something that I would do as, as a career. It just didn't seem like that track. My background, my, my undergrad degree was in psychology, and you know, I, I had a minor in like exercise phys, and so but that was more to feed that hobby. Yeah. And then there was one day when uh, I was working in a psych lab, and we came to a breakthrough in the study that we were doing. And everyone in the lab was like high fiving and cheering, like exactly what you would imagine—a bunch of nerds and like <laughs> like celebrating over a bunch of numbers on a computer screen. And I sat there watching everyone, like knowing what had just happened. And I didn't feel any of that elation. And I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm at that point, I'm just like a few years out of, you know, out of college, out of university. And it's, you know, I'm working and I'm like, man, if I'm not satisfied, like three years out, like what's it going to be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, like shouldn't like this awesome moment. Yeah. You're in the honeymoon yeah. period. Yeah. yeah. Be an awesome moment. And in that moment I, I went home and I'm just like, I got to find something that fuels me. I got to find something that innately charges me no matter what I'm doing. And at the time I thought it would be like writing. I had been writing for newspapers and magazines since I was 17 years old. But again, it was always a hot minute primarily because everyone always told me that if you're going to be a writer, you're going to be, you know, broke, starving and miserable. Um, and I was like, well, I'm already kind of broke, <laughs> which means I'm starving, which means when I'm hungry, I'm somewhat miserable. So at least I'll be enjoying what I'm doing, but I, I so I, I tried to get jobs and I, I got rejected. I got 37 different rejection letters from different publications. Everyone rejected me. So then I tried to go back to school to because everyone told me, oh, you need a degree in, in journalism. So I went back to get a master's, but also knowing that I wanted to teach because when I was at the University of Colorado, when I was doing the research, I was teaching. I love teaching. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite things in the world, and you know, it's something that I did when I eventually went and got my master's and went and taught at the University of Florida as well. And it's something that I continue to do. I've, I've taught remotely. Uh, I taught a social media course just this past fall at the University of Florida. Cool. And I, I love the teaching, but I, I went and applied, and then you know, you know, the ego in me is like, I'm going to apply to like the top six journalism schools in the nation and just see which ones I get into. And I got into three of them. I got waitlisted and one I got rejected at two, but it was one of the ones that I rejected at that stood in the most. And I won't drop which school it was, but I went there, I had an in-person interview, and they told me that my background was so science-based that I will never be able to write for the mainstream. They're like, don't try and write for the mainstream, get into teaching, you can't speak to you know the general population. You have no idea. They laid down the gauntlet there. They shouldn't have they did. <laughs> And I walked out of that room and I literally thought one thing. 
I'm going to show you. <laughs> I'm going to show yeah. you. I, I mean, there, if there's something about me, I get I get chips on my shoulder. It's like, I'm going to show you. So when, the Michael Jordan in you, mate. Right. And, and it, but I thought I was going to be a sports writer. I thought I love sports. I love writing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to end up in like North Dakota covering high school sports. But you know what? I love sports that much that I'll be writing. I'll be covering sports and it'll be cool. And it, it, if it wasn't for a man by the name of Ted Spiker, who's a professor at the University of Florida, my life would probably be completely different. I, I hunted down Ted Spiker because he, I just, he was so successful. He had worked at an editor at Men's Health and published a bunch of books. Uh, just really, and I wanted to know like how he did what he did. So we got to know each other. And then one day he sat down after getting to know me and he's like, I've got an honest question to ask you, Adam. He's like, you have this background in exercise science, you have this background in science, you have this background in training people, and you spend whatever extra money you do, like learning nutrition, and like I get all these like certifications. He's like, why don't you write about health and fitness? <laughs> I sat there and I was like, genius. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, that's that's the smartest thing I've ever heard. Why am I so stupid? And <laughs> never even thought about it. Never even it occurred like, Come on, join the dots. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, by that point, I was 28, 20. I was like, it, it wasn't like a 21-year-old kid. I had worked for several years. I'd been in the field. Like, never even occurred to me. And next thing I know, I started, like, going after all these uh, health and fitness, writing opportunities, doing a bunch of freelance, and go, leaving grad school. I really didn't know what I was going to do. I suck up the ego, applied for an internship at Men's Health. And they were so impressed with the internship, they asked me to come up for an interview for a job. Oh, result. And I got the job. And then, you know, as I said, the rest is kind of history from there. But it was, it was definitely one of those things that I kind of lucked into it. I had some guidance. I had help. I had mentors. You know, we talk about the importance of mentors. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have found my way unless I asked some people for help. And those people were willing to give me the help, which is why, you know, it, it's why I, I try and give back and do a lot of consulting. And every single week, I meet with a different person in person or take a call with them and just try and give them a little career advice. Cause I get a lot of people will email me. I can't answer them all or help them all, but I never want to be the person who's sitting here. I'm like, ah, I can't, I can't help you because the reality is I, everything that I still do is a byproduct of people who have helped me or keep me grounded. And you should always be wanting to give back then. And, and, you know, I know where, you know, where I got to and what it was a result of. So the hope for me, you know, the greatest success that I could have. People ask, like, oh, what would be success for you? You know, we joke around, like, you had, you had John on the show, who was, you know, absolutely hilarious, and we did our book together. They're like, oh, what would be, like, a sign of success? And he was, like, listening off all these, like, really nice things. And one of them, he was like, yeah, you know, it would be great if I had my own Ben and Jerry's flavor. And I was just like, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> and, then, and then they asked me, like, what would be successful for you? And I think, and I mean this, this is like the teacher in me. Like, if one day someone were to talk to some of the most successful people in fitness, and they're asking, like, oh, who influenced you? Who helped you out? If they would list me, that, that, would be, that would be successful for me. Because I realized a long time ago that if I try to do everything on my own, I'm going to be limited to how many people I can help. But if I go and find the best and smartest people and enable them to succeed even more in their fields, that's bigger than anything I could ever do. It would be cool to have your own Ben and Jenny's Jerry's flavor, but like I'm a, I'm a teacher as well. That's my background. But so I like your, I like your version as well. Cause that is, that is huge. Like if I ever have a student come back to me from a few years ago, this is obviously I used to teach in schools. They like say like you had an influence or you helped me out or you set me on the path. That is literally the best. It's the best feeling in the world. It is the best feeling in the world. And, and you know, it sounds cheesy saying it, but when it happens, ah, 
I love it. I absolutely love it. It's the coolest thing in the world. No, exactly. I mean, nowadays when with this podcast, like I'm bumping into like literally young versions of me, like 19, 20 years old in the gym and different things. I'm kind of talking to them saying, well, how's, how's it going? And they're like, like most 19, 20, 21 year olds, they're sort of like, yeah, doing this, doing that. And I'm just like, you need to listen to this. And then like, they see me in the gym a few weeks later and they're just like, what is that? And they're just like, I cannot. And they're like, how do you get these people on? And they're like, this is awesome. And just like, cause it's just, it just opens their mind and open their world. And this is my whole point was, I was like, I wish someone had shoved this kind of thing in my face when I was 21, 22. And uh, yeah, it's, it is very rewarding. Definitely. Yeah. This is our Yoda question. Who helped awaken your alpha? Was it this guy or was there a numerous? It was, it was definitely Ted Spiker. I, I consider him my mentor. He's one of the kindest people. And I mean, talk about someone who, who's literally done everything. Like he was me before me and, and, and then some, but he, he doesn't ask for any of his hands. He doesn't shine the spotlight himself. I'm so excited because he's ghostwritten or co-written so many books. Like he, he was the writer behind back in the, you know, I think it was like early 2000s, The Abs Diet, which was just a huge book for men's health. New York Times bestseller. Like he was the guy who wrote that book with Dave Zanzanko over men's health. And Ted Spiker is just the best teacher I've ever had in my life. And he actually has his first book that is like his own that's coming out in October. And I couldn't be more excited for him because he's such a phenomenal writer, has so many great stories. And yeah, he, he is my Yoda through and through. And he helped me be prepared to succeed. The editors at Men's Health are phenomenal. I owe much of my growth and my ability to write or do books or anything that I do. You know, I cut my teeth there yeah. and got my ass kicked quite a bit, I'll be honest. And if you can stick in there and deal with all the criticism. But the lesson from Spiker was when you get that criticism, and, and this is a parallel life, when you are criticized, no one's telling you you're bad, you suck, you can't do it. We're, we're in a, you know, kind of this stage right now when people are, can't get criticized. They break down, they get upset, you know, they, they take it personally. When you're criticized, don't take it as an indication that there's something wrong with you. Take it as someone is trying to show you how to become better, yeah. how to reach your potential. It was one of the best lessons I could have had. And I say all the time, I'm not the smartest person. I'm not the best looking person. I'm not going to blow you with my wit. But if you find a person who's going to outwork me, I will not accept it. So I was willing to be hardworking, but you, you still need to learn how to deal with failure. You still need to know how to process failure and how to put it into context with it. And to understand that criticism and negativity does not mean that you cannot achieve. Use that as fuel. Use that as direction. Use that as a sign that, you know what? I'm actually making progress because I'm getting feedback. And if I can use that feedback to become a little bit better, sky's the limit. Hearing you speak about it, it just echoes a lot of the, you know, the sounds of like most people get sort of four steps or four failures into success and then they turn away when there was just literally the fifth or sixth was when there's going to break through. And it's literally like four edits down the line, most people would cry off and think, oh, I can't take it, I'm rubbish. But like, if you've got to stick through it, like you're getting better every edit and you know, you're learning. That's brilliant. Yeah, um, that's, what, that's what I'm with the books. I, I pitch so many books, rejection. <laughs> rejection rejection and i'm like ah, maybe i shouldn't write books or it just wasn't right yet and then once i got that first one things kind of went from there is there a time when you really felt like you brought your a game where you a single kind of moment where you thought you know i've had a result here or i've done very well or i've almost outperformed what i thought i was capable of at the time is there any moments that spring to mind i haven't hit it yet <laughs> i haven't hit it yet i'm hungry 
I always say, like, I tell people, have the attitude of an intern. I'm hungry. And I get up every single morning at 4.30 a.m., just ready to just, like, feast on the day. Because part, partly because I'm a bit of a workaholic, admittedly, is something I have to work on. But, yeah. but also, it's like, you're, you're always, like, I talked about that, that moment of, like, when, when people are like, oh, you had an impact. I'm still waiting for that moment to be great. There are things I'm very proud of. Uh, having Engineering the Alpha be a New York Times bestseller was, it meant the world to me. Like, there are very few concrete, yeah. tangible goals that I have of, like, oh, this is something I want to do. Being a New York Times bestseller, it meant a lot to me. I could list off name after name of people that, that I work with who inspire me. You know, one that comes off the top of my mind, I'm now going to have to send her a link to this, is this woman, Mary Beth, who is, you know, two-time cancer survivor, has lost a ton of weight, but, like, has just changed her entire mindset in life. You know, I've worked with Mary Beth for, for a long time now, and she's just, every time I talk to her, I come away just, like, charged. And, I mean, there are definitely times that I'll, like, write something where I'm like, oh, this is awesome but is it to the point that i'm just like <laughs> i drop the mic and i walk off I, I have not got there quite yet i will say this though the, the closest thing where i've come away has nothing to do with health and fitness there's this same wedding that i was just mentioning where my wife was trying to buy jaeger rounds for everyone it was my best friend's wedding it, i was the best man i got to give a, a, a best man speech and this is i have three brothers I have three brothers, but this guy is my, my fourth brother. Really a passionate friendship and someone that meant so much to me was really difficult. When I tried to write a speech, I just like, I couldn't do it. And I'm like, I write for a living. But I came from the heart and I left everyone in there both crying and laughing at the same time beyond what I could have expected. It was the only time that I walked away, I think, from something being like, wow, that went way better than you I expected. Drop the mic and step away. I should have. <laughs> I'm actually upset. That would have been the finish. That would have been the finish. <laughs> like, but, so I think it just means that I've got to find what it is in health and fitness or in helping people that has almost that same impact. And then when I can do it, I'll, I'll get that feeling. Okay, this is our yin-yang round. We're going to mix it up. This is just a little quick fire thing. I'll give you some 50-50 options and just go with your gut and we'll see where it takes us. Okay. Okay. Beer or vodka? Vodka. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Home cooked or dinner out? Home cooked. San Francisco or New York? San Fran. Sweet or savory? Ooh, both. <laughs> Same time. Okay, right now, you've got one in each hand. Which one are you going for at this moment? Ah, uh, going for sweet. I'm a fat kid at heart. I love the sweet stuff. <laughs> Same here. Curry, so Indian curry or roast dinner? That's a good question. Roast dinner. Boy or girl? Boy. Pub or coffee shop? Or bar or coffee shop, I guess. Um, I'm going to go with coffee shop. Okay. Um, that's, that's changed in the last year. I didn't drink coffee for the first like 30 plus years of my life. And now I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. I'm, I, I kind of, yeah, I made the, I turned into a bit of a fiend probably, yeah, probably about four years ago. But yeah, it's, it's gradually increasing. In their peak, so try and level them up, J-Lo or Madonna? For whatever reason, doesn't have to be musical talent. Jayla. Yeah. And, <laughs> not, and, not, and we're definitely not talking about musical talent. Um, <laughs> the Rock or Vin Diesel? The Rock. Is that even a question? I was I was gonna say Scotty or Jordan, but I don't really think it's well. It's not even worth it. It's gonna be Jordan also. I mean, okay. we. Dennis Rodman or Scotty? Again, I don't even think that's worth saying. Oh, man. I, was, I loved Rodman when he was on the Bulls, but 
Rodman was also a bad boy piston, and for that, he will always be on the other side of the fence of Scotty Pippen. Yeah, I love Pippen. Love Pippen. This is the complete blank around. This is where you're just going to complete the blanks for me. Okay, if I was ever to visit your hometown, I should... Should eat Lou Malnati's pizza. Lou Malnati's. It's the name of a, of a restaurant, and it is fantastic deep dish pizza. Uh, I've oh. eaten an entire... Uh, Chicago deep dish, yeah. Which is gluttonous and terrible, I know, but it's so good that I really don't care. <laughs> your best friend, so the guy whose wedding it just was, he would describe you as... Hardworking in short. <laughs> is he freaking... He's, he's like, like six three. Oh, he's like man, then people. Yeah. That's not good to have a best friend who's that tall. Everyone, everyone I hang around. I have three brothers, I said. They're six one, six two, and six four. No. That would be the... Oh, luckily, my brother is equally the right height as me. So uh, I am the milkman's son. Oh, man. If I hang out with people who are over six foot, or as I call them, freakishly tall, you know, yeah. that's... Uh, yeah, I try and... I'm on tiptoes, definitely. I, I call those people my sit-down friends. <laughs> Two days ago at the wedding. Oh, yeah, I got it. There was a lot of alcohol consumed. We'll just say that. Yeah, cool. And, and your wife just forcing them Jaeger bombs your way. It's not your fault. And it, it did not help. We, we had plenty of Jaeger bombs. And then sometime around 2 in the morning, she, she ordered a red-headed slut, which put us all over the end. <laughs> That's the name of a drink, guys. I won't just lie to you. I, I live a sheltered life. I've never heard or had a red-headed slut. Next time you're at the bar. Next okay. time you're at the bar. <laughs> Not very good, though. I warn you. You might want to stick. You might want to stick to Jaeger bombs. Okay. All right. You upset people by uh, letting them down. Your what is your favorite movie of all time and why? Oh, favorite movie of all time. You know, you know what Romanello went with, don't you? I don't know what he went with. <laughs> he went with Zoolander. He would go with Zoolander. <laughs> he he is Zoolander. <laughs> Uh, that, that's always a tough question for me, but if I'm going to go by a movie that I think I can watch over and over and over again and just still take something away different, uh, I've always loved Shawshank Redemption. It's a oh. powerful movie, and if it pops up on TV, I can do it. Otherwise, though, the, the easy canned a- answer is like just basically throw on any Rocky movie other than Rocky Five, which I'm oh, going to pretend never. That killed it. Never. That really upset me for a while. If Rocky's on TV, I have to watch it, and then I immediately afterwards have to go to the gym oh rocky one and rocky four are up there for me rocky four is just the training montage and uh, just the music from rocky four i think we had that on loop in my university gym and yeah no one's training easy when that's on it's awesome no it's it's just like the, the, the beat is pumping just go oh, I get based on your answers now i want to jump back a little bit to the yin yang for one more question because i thought this was pointless asking this but clearly not now schwarzenegger or stallone Oh, Arnold. Oh, I was just checking. I thought so. I'm and with you on that. He's I'm not obligated to answer is that as an advisor of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger.com. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so linked to that, I mean, was uh, you getting involved with Arnold Schwarzenegger.com? Was that just an accumulation of all your achievements kind of just and you managed to, that was an opportunity that came along? Yeah, that, that was the We can all wish. Yeah, that's the way I'm going to tell it now. So how did you start working with Arnold? Well, we were in a bar. He wanted to uh, arm wrestle me, and I was like, all right, Terminator. <laughs> He's getting on, but I'm pretty sure his arm is still bigger than, uh, than my leg. I saw a photo the other day. 
huge. Yeah. He's he's been training hard for T five, which is going to be coming out, which he's been filming right now. And he wow. is just the guy's like sixty six, six seven years old, and he is just. I wish I, could look to like that. I wish I could look like that right now, let alone <laughs> when, like I'm gonna be, you know, that age. It is it's inspiring. That man is uh yeah, he's got he's got muscles on muscles. Uh it it was it was a byproduct of, of, of creating a lot of content. You know, John knew you know Arnold's body man, which, which kind of created a connection there, and then we met and it turned out I didn't even know we trained at the same gym and he knew exactly who I was, but we never even talked. So Whoa. then sitting down and, and chatting and building this relationship and it was just one of those things that you know you start interacting people you start creating content you do a lot of good and it leads places you know gary vaynerchuk is like famous for saying that you know that the best approach is the give 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 mm. and then ask and oftentimes if you give 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 you don't even have to ask the opportunity comes so it was one of those things that obviously i don't know anyone more inspirational more influential yeah. in the fitness space than arnold i mean where would fitness be without arnold who knows? But I mean, that guy is just talking about defying all odds. Absolutely amazing. So the opportunity to work with him, it was it was a no-brainer. Well, a compliment to yourself, mate, is you know, like attracts like, like-mindedness. And obviously, if you've had sat down and had a chat to him and you got on well, you've obviously got some common interests, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I would like to say so. I, I just mainly sat there and I was like, you're Arnold. <laughs> I have. It was. It was. That's how I'd hope I wouldn't be, but there's a, there's a slim chance that may come out. <laughs> Especially when I was at Men's Health, I got to deal with all the famous people, the A-listers, athletes, actors, and it was one of those things that like you you become desensitized to, and and I mean that like I, I've been able to meet so many cool people and take all these pictures, all these people, and their memories, and yeah. it got to the point that it's like you meet whoever, and it really has no impact. I, I can't say who, but I ghost write a lot of books for, for famous actors and, and play a role in that, and so, which means I spend days or weeks on ends with them. No one really ever left me starstruck, but when I met Arnold, I was, I was, it was just one of those things that I was just like, I mean, you're, you're Arnold. And it was like, and I think it's because there, I mean, he had such a huge impact across some of the things that it was definitely cool. And it was one of those things that I'm hanging out with the Terminator. Is this real? Do you, is this, all right, just go with it. I'm not even going to ask questions. I'm just going to go with it. And <laughs> That was your A-game moment right there, man. That's yeah. how you brought your A-game. That's awesome. Right, you've made it to the alpha round. So this is just a quick one to finish. We're going to find out you know, all your tools, tips, and resources. We're going to start that if you've got maybe a book that you could recommend for us that you think would be worthwhile as reading, apart from Engineering the Alpha, which is awesome. Yeah, Engineering the Alpha at all your bookstores now. <laughs> um, I'm not going to recommend any of my own books. The book that I will do, because a lot of people usually talk to me about writing, and it's, and it's an older book. It's been around, but it was, it was very, very fundamental on me becoming a better writer, is a book called On Writing Well. And for someone who wants to understand the principles of writing and storytelling and the simplicity that it takes, if you haven't read a book about writing that will get you thinking differently about what good writing is, Pick up that book. What would, you, would be some advice to anyone who's really looking to get published either just in art schools, magazines, or even eventually trying to get their own book published? Right. So step number one is just write. You know, the, the, life is a game of repetitions. You know, it applies to lifting. It applies to pretty much everything. A lot of people want to be writers, but no one is willing to put the time in to write. I look back even when I got into men's health and we'll look at the stuff that I first wrote six, seven, eight years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, that was terrible. 
And I had already been writing at that point for close to 10 years. It's like, you want to observe people who write well, find the people you like and, you know, just study how they write, study how they craft a story, really look at it through a different lens. And then when you get to that point where you start feeling comfortable with your writing and always have people read your stuff and give you feedback. Again, that criticism is so important because you might be missing something or you might be writing in a way that isn't true to your voice which is what's gonna be your special sauce. You wanna have something that makes you unique or stands out as you. So it's really important to go and add that in. When you're ready to try and get published, the biggest mistake people make is that they don't know the audience. Rule number one of writing is know your audience. You should know what publication, you should know who their target demographic is, you should know how even certain sections are written so that if you are pitching to a magazine or an online publication, you're just like, I wanna write an article for this section of your magazine, Here's what it would be about. Here would be the length. Because your goal when you're pitching to an editor is to make it very, very easy for them to see two things. One, that it's a good idea. And two, that it's a good fit for the publication, that you understand the publication. And for years of just receiving pitches, that's the biggest thing. I'll get people who will send me like six-page document attachments. I don't want to read that. (laughs) I want you to tell me what information you're going to share with my audience and why it's a good fit. And if I want more, then I'll ask you to write it or I'll tell you what I want. But if you thrust someone with a really long email and you can't be very concise in making your pitch, you, you, you've, you've already lost the battle. This is, this is like dating. You know, that your first date with an editor is that you just want to get a number. You just want to get a call back. Yeah. Don't worry about, don't worry about scoring. Just get a call back. <laughs> Definitely. What would your advice would you get to the next stage then? I mean, you, you've been published, obviously, at the stage where you've been in lots of magazines, that sort of, um, you've achieved well there, but then going to getting your book published or a book published, what advice and how did you go about that? Uh, make, make sure it's a really good idea. The book publishing industry is, is not an easy one. You shouldn't expect to make a ton of money. You can, but like you, you want to put something out there that is really good, that's really original, and that, that answers questions that people have because uh, it's tough. It's tough to write about. I compare, you know, and women won't like this because we don't have anything compared. Men can't compare to childbirth, okay? Mm-hmm. Nothing will, will ever be to that, and I will never even put anything in the same breath. But if I had to compare, creating a book for me was like giving birth because it's this one idea that has to turn into 300, 400 pages, and even when you think you're done, then you get edits back, and you get edits back again. And you get edits back again. And then finally, when you think you're done, they're like, actually, now the book is 20 pages too long. So I want you to cut 20 pages from this. And you're like, but I just gave you a full grown baby. And now you want me to reverse agent? I can't do that. And it's chopping off. It, it is a process. So you want to make sure the idea is really good. Self-publishing is becoming a very popular and good option, especially if you can build up your audience. You want to have a following behind you because then if you decide to do a book or publish it on your own, you can push that to them and they can share with their friends if it's good and they can share with their, if you're trying to go with a big publisher, finding a good book agent is usually a good place to start because uh, just as I, I could do my taxes if I want to, but it probably wouldn't turn out too pretty. So I hire an accountant. I could go and pitch to book publishers, but I don't necessarily have those relationships or want to do that. I just want to be focusing on writing the book. Tim Ferriss, when he tried to do the four hour work with the famous story is I can't even remember how many, but he got rejected by 20, 30 some publishers. Everyone was like, no, 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 no. And then it's been on like 
that seller list for whatever, three, four, five years, something ridiculous. And what would you say is one of your personal daily alpha habits? Right up there. Usually when I, when I don't get to exercise, when I plan on doing it, I'm pretty upset. I, I love exercising. I love meditating first thing in the morning. I get up and I have 15 minutes of, of me time. You know, the more you focus on the good, it, the easier it is to push away or overlook the bad. Definitely. Okay, this is our final wake-up question. If you woke up and had to start again tomorrow with a completely clean slate, but you still knew everything we've just talked about today, you've got no contacts, no followings online or anything like that, you don't know Arnold, um, what would you do tomorrow and why? What would be a priority for you? You could, you could go off in any direction, you clean slate. I would, I would find a mentor who would be able to point me in the right direction and be willing to help me, and I'd start there. Because, uh, you know, life isn't necessarily about being, you know, a lone wolf. Yeah. Find, yeah. Su surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with friends or mentors or loved ones and let them propel you and push you and motivate you and help you in ways that you expect and ways that you don't. Brilliant. That's a good, really good answer. So um, who do you think I should interview next? It can be someone well-known or someone that you know that's off the radar. It's up to you. Two that I, I just love right off the bat because they're both smart and they're both the, the most alpha manliest people I know. You've got Jason Ferrugia, the renegade himself who was phenomenal. And then you've got James. He's got a podcast out, quite a new podcast out. I know that. Yeah. He does. You guys should just like do, do a swap. Both be on there. Jay is such an interesting person to talk to. He's, he's a rad dude. And then uh, James Smith, Smitty of Diesel Strength and Conditioning. Oh, okay. One of the nicest human beings in the world and so freaking smart well uh i've absolutely loved it i've taken up loads of your time but i really appreciate you giving the time um what's the best way people can connect because i feel like we keep going so i'm sure people want to know more what's the best way people can get a bit more it's all pretty easy it's going to be uh bornfitness.com or you can you know twitter handle is at born fitness facebook page is also born fitness mm -hmm. all under one brand i try and make it as easy as possible for people to hunt me down and find me Perfect. Well, man, unless there's anything else you have an urge to shout out on here, well, we're done. Uh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I, I appreciate your time. No. The, the, the time goes two ways. So thank you for having me on. This has been fun and uh, sincerely appreciate it. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. To mark our 50th episode week, we are giving away a copy of the number my number one best-selling book, The Rules of Success, to everyone who gets on the Facebook Awaken Your Alpha page, likes it, give us a simple private message telling me you like it and what you like, and I will get you a digital copy over to you instantly. And thanks for your support, guys. Really love it. Share, share, tell your friends, and I hope to speak to some of you this weekend about the Alphaway Intensive Men and get some of you up-leveling your life. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless.